Good morning. Welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we are November the 19th, and it is a beautiful day out. It is Grey Cup Day, which is always a Canadian tradition. It's a little bit earlier or whatever, so it uh, should be a good one, though. And uh, Hamilton, I think, is they seem to be hosting a pretty good party down there. I see our Grey Cup committee is uh, representing us proudly down there so good luck to all them and uh yeah enjoy the enjoy the game later on today should be good and it is going to be a beautiful day it's a great day to get out and do a little bit of <clears throat> again if you've procrastinated and done a few things you're you're going to be able to, to to still catch up on it if you want to do your outdoor pots this is we're, we're being all the soil won't be bro frozen. So if you have uh, uh, soil in your pot still and you want to uh, add some add some branches in there, some cedar boughs and birch sticks and all that fun stuff, yeah, it's perfect weather for that. And uh, and if you do, if it is a bit frozen, one of the things that work really good are those augers you attach to um, your your drill. And you can just drill in and poke some stuff in there, even just to loosen it up if you have a bigger auger. <clears throat> I know we sell the bulb augers that work really good. Or if you want to plant some bulbs, it's it's actually a perfect day for that as well. So get out and uh, do a little bit of gardening of some sort. Take a look, assess your trees. <clears throat> and if you still haven't hauled the hose, put it away. Give it one more drink. I keep saying that weekly, but as this weather continues like this, it uh, it doesn't hurt to give them a little bit more just to freeze them in for the winter and uh, set them in for, for a great phase. Actually, we're up in Red Deer this past week. They had the Green uh, Landscape Alberta Nursery Trade Show in Red Deer. So it was actually very well attended. So it was kind of nice to see a bunch of people in our industry up there. And so thanks to them for hosting all of us in our industry in Red Deer. And it was it was much nicer this year. Um, last year was like minus 50, it felt like, with the wind blowing, as only a Red Deer wind can do. If you'd like to join the program, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And uh, I believe uh, Terry is... Uh, back online with us after a little bit of a break last week good morning terry hey good morning Merle. how are you doing great You're, yourself yeah doing really good 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 you recovered from red deer uh i did yeah nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah it was good to get up there and uh, <clears throat> see some uh see some new stuff see some <clears throat> uh some stuff that you know some vendors that we're already partnered with but uh yeah very well attended show and uh yeah it was good good vibe yeah and i like it because we have a lot of uh a lot of the students from olds college get to go up there and uh but if anybody's listening from the college they have them run around and do this passport thing but they they should make them ask a question they just run around and get a stamp and then they hand it in they should have to do a little bit of something i heard a lot of vendors complaining that they use up a lot of time just stamping this stamp for them and it's it doesn't really do nothing they all said it'd be nice if they had to engage a little bit to uh to get something on their passport and that would be a suggestion if uh 
anyway, anybody from the college and that's listening or the show uh, from the landscape show, just a uh, little bit more accountability, not just, hey, can you stamp my passport so I get credit for being here? <laughs> you got to, I think, a little bit of engagement. And, uh, and I think that's the nice thing about all the people in our industry. They're always very open to sharing and talking about business. I know I, I speak with a few of our, um, I guess they're competitors, but not really. Even like Bill from Bluegrass and uh, Colin from Plantation and the guys in from Greengate just down the way from us. We always have um, meaningful conversations where we, we talk about business. Um, I know we ran out of some product one time and Greengate lent it to us. Greengate ran out of some sea soil last year. I lent them a few pallets. So we can, we try to work together and, and that's the nice thing about our industry. We, we, we're, we're back, we're working together to, uh, to make this a better industry. So I feel very fortunate being part of it and, uh, and with our vendors the same way. Yeah, absolutely. We get, we get a pretty warm reception when we go in there and you, you speak with, with everybody. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyways. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I'm always surprised when, when we're traveling and we go into our other garden centers, um, how, uh, how giving they are. Like we'll usually end up, cause we're usually going out of season. So we'll, you know, we'll usually end up meeting one or two uh, of the owners and, uh, yeah, we've had some great conversations and they're all, uh, I've never had a bad experience where they're, you know, where they're trying to kick us out. They're always very receptive and, uh, very open to sharing their, their wealth yeah, of information. No. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, and actually one of the best were always um, the guys from Greenland up in Edmonton. They almost opened their books to me. (laughs) They walk through in there. (laughs) They show you everything, which and it's it's just nice, right? Like yeah, it's a great part of for sure. Well, they're proud of their business, right? And they like and so sharing and seeing things because we all do things a little bit different. Like we have the Saskatoon farm, and they created a niche to the south of us, right? They do a little bit of a garden center, but they they're focused more more on a big event. And then you got the green gates and 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 all that plantation and and bluegrass um, in the far north. Um, we all do it a little bit different, and and service all the clientele as best we can. So it's uh, yeah. Anyways, it's uh, it was great to see everybody, and uh, good job to Landscape Alberta to keep that going, and uh, to all our vendors for putting on. A good informative show. And we we're fortunate this year to hit a couple of shows. We were, we went down to uh, cultivate in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, that was, that a big was show. Uh, yeah, that's a big show. Tons of growers and everything down there. And uh, again, just just gathering information. And uh, I want to just give a quick little shout out to our Prune It Up team. They were in an intense week of training this past week. Um, with Arbor Canada and uh, Lori Newsham, um, the instructor, um, he said our, our team did a really good job and we're we're super engaged and uh, so good job to to all of them and thanks to uh, Arbor Canada for the training of our team. So again, that was a good solid week for most of our guys. We're we're in that uh, pretty intense training. This past week, I went to the one job. They're in uh, Sundance. They're taking down a big poplar 
there's like five of our guys up in the tree. I'm like, <laughs> they're all rigged up there with ropes and, <laughs> and things all tied up dangling from the tree. So anyways, it was, uh, just, it was uh, just very, very good to, to give back and, 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 uh, let, give our team some lots of training. Cause that's important. Cause it's, a, uh, have seen some pretty hairy stuff on, uh, when you drive around and you see some of the stuff that people are doing to trees and and to your team so it's you only get one chance if you're up in that tree and you fall out of it you're you're not good it's uh you're you got if you're rigged in there properly you don't have to worry about it like you're you have a safety net always that catches you so um good job to those guys and a quick little shout out to uh mark trozo it's his birthday today so happy birthday to mark happy birthday mark yeah yeah our leader of our pruned up team so happy birthday to him and uh I think he's only, he looks good for 65, but I think he's only 45. So. <laughs> yeah. Our Italian stallion out there. So good job to him. So anyways, um, if anybody would like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join us, again, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we got you covered with all the Christmas bling and greens. And I will say our greens um, are looking exceptionally green this year. Um I was a little bit worried with um, some of the forest fires thing that's going on, but maybe that cleared out all the dried stuff. But man, stuff looks really good right now. So, okay. And it's uh, looking really, really nice. And if you are doing any of that, um, outdoor um, arrangements and uh, festival whatever you call it, festive pots christmas pots winter pots out in the thing outdoor wreaths use um wilt proof it does make a big difference we treat all of our customer arrangements that we make for that we put out for sale and our gnomes and all that stuff we treat everything with with wilt proof it does make a big difference we do have a quick question here and from Graham Bond, who always sends in some gorgeous pictures. Uh, no pictures, just uh, just a question today. And Graham, had, he goes, I have a Christmas cactus in the south-facing window, which gets sunlight most of the day. I noticed that some of the petals, and I think he means the 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 leaves on them, and they come they come and come in ser- like they come in little sectional branches, right. I guess is what you'd call them, eh? Yeah. Um, and he just said some of them are turning sort of red, uh, yellow and red. That's typically when they're out in the sun like that, right in the bright sun, they will do that. They get kind of like, a, I guess, a bit of a sunburn. Um, I might move it away. Like They can stay right in the window, but they do better in just a really bright light, um, Graham. Just pull them back a bit from there. And he said he did repot it. And as long as you used a good quality, like good, and cactus are pretty forgiving as long as it's a decent soil you'll be fine and i would use 15 30 15 um for fertilizer on that and with the christmas cactus they don't need to get for um transplanted all that often 
they almost perform better when they get a little bit more root bound and and they'll they'll give you a little more blooms on that when they stress out a little bit they will give you a little bit uh give you a little more often blooming but a lot of it is triggered by the time by the light right now so if it's a one with the little pointed um, bracts or, or branches, that'll be a Thanksgiving cactus. If it's a true Christmas cactus, it'll kind of have little rounded ones. It's sort of like the shape of your pinky finger, and it, it uh, or one of your fingers, depends how big your hands are, I guess. It, uh, <laughs> it sort of has that rounded shape like that, and then that uh, those are, they'll bloom a little bit closer to Christmas. But most of the ones that we see in the stores everywhere are the thanksgiving cactus which we call christmas cactus because it kind of blooms at the end of november the timing's kind of perfect and typically lasts right into the christmas season so and i think they just they perform a lot better and they're easier to propagate and and just a lot more of a durable plant um for production that they're able to grow and and sell into into the retail market so anyways hopefully that helps with that, Graham, and got a couple other um, questions here on the on the phone lines. And question: How much shredded leaves can I put on our garden as fertilizer? Um, Merci, and that's Raymond from Canoe, BC. Well, uh, putting leaves isn't really fertilizer. Um, the shredded leaves; it's more of a it, it works as a compost, and if you put raw leaves and and just on there to try to feed and leave them to compost, it, it actually takes some of the nutrients out of the soil until it gets to that compost stage. So if you're looking at the compost, some people just put leaves on their garden for winter protection um, to cover them, to create little hideouts for ladybugs and keeps the moisture in and protects them from the freezing and thawing, things like that. And then in the spring, you just clean out, you blow all the leaves out, put them into a compost pile, and then let them compost. And then in a couple of years, you can put them back in as good compost. Um, any thoughts on that, Terry, like when you're when you're doing your leaves in the in the fall, winter? Yeah, like I, <clears throat> I agree. Anytime you're, you know, getting leaves on the ground now, it's it's more for protection um, uh, than anything. And when you do clean them up in the spring, um, if I if I'm keeping leaves, I'll always try to run over them, even if they've been on the bed over the winter. Break them out onto the lawn and run them all over them. And yeah, uh, yeah, use them as uh, save them and use them as that uh, carbon elements when you're layering uh, for composting. So. Just make yeah, sure that but they're just, you know, nice and dry. And, yeah. Yeah, and just for putting them in, um, like you said, his question was put them in as fertilizer. They're, they won't be fertilizer. They'll actually work. They're counterproductive as fertilizer. They're they're good for winter protection, but then need to be removed and then um, <laughs> let them compost outside of the garden and then brought in back and then in. And add them and, back you know, in, yeah. Yeah, but uh, exactly. just to leave them on there, you'll actually do more more harm than than good typically uh, like i said we my mom we'd always throw all the leaves and mix it in and but it would sit all winter compost into there and all the shredded uh, eggshells and uh, peelings and all that other kind of fun stuff um and actually kevin is still getting a few more 
text. So, Kevin, you left a little bit early. We'll have to get you back on. And uh, speaking of Christmas cactus, how do you get them to flower? Mine are indirect east-facing light. That's actually a decent spot for them. As long as it gets fairly, like, as long as it's some bright light and really just leaving them in one spot and let let them do their thing, let the light trigger them and and try and if if at night even if it if you if it is a little bit darker in there it doesn't hurt they're not like a like a like a poinsettia where they will they're totally affected by the light but they do get triggered by the the length and and time of the of the night and and, and daytime hours so but good nice bright light and they should be fine fertilized 15 30 15 and it's interesting. We were up at uh, the bluegrass in Red Deer, and uh, Kevin Mullaney was giving us a tour there, Terry, and and my son Derek was with us because he was up there touring with the school and with the Olds College. And we he showed me where the light was getting through because they have to put up every night. They put up the darkness um, blackout um, curtains to block the light. And you could see where one section, he said the light was getting through. And about halfway up a bench, you could see the color where it just was a, almost a, you could see where the light changed. And a really bright red further back. And the ones that were getting light weren't as far along. And it's just, it's that evident when you get the just light. Just that little bit, eh? Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's, uh, it was kind of, a, it's kind of neat. And, uh, and it's a, it's a crop. And I know that's why most we let our growers do the growing of these in in a lot of the growing greenhouses because it is hard. You have to. It's hard to grow them in a retail setting because you do need the the darkness. You need that twelve and twelve sort of thing. And and if you don't, it can really mess them up. They're not going to look as good. You won't get the nice bright like the bright bracts that you will get when you get the the timing of the lighting properly. So. But uh, you you start them in like end of July, so it's a crop that is growing from like July, August, September, October, November, like, and it's a five month, six month crop almost just before they can sell them. So it's it's kind of amazing how how long it takes to get those into into production. So it's a long haul. To do that. We should uh, we should be very grateful for those people that are uh, still willing to grow those. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because it, it's a huge investment in you know time and money and space and yeah. Yeah, it's and it's one that can mess up pretty easy. Like I said, if the lights get yeah, messed and not up easy on to, end, not easy to grow. So yeah, um, no, absolutely, they're not appreciated enough on those on the point set as they've they've almost turned into commodity almost. So it's uh, but uh, anyways, I'll. All of our growers so far that I've seen, um, I would put this this year's crop is, is top notch, and uh, so I'm very happy. We got our first shipment in this past week, and they look fabulous. We have some big, nice, great big 10 inch and six inch um, poinsettias, and a few four inch, and we have a few of the princetia and some of the other specialty ones in as well. But as these couple weeks come up, we'll be getting lots and lots more in. So. Um, keep checking back. We're going to take a quick break. And if you'd like to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper as well. If you'd like to join us on the phone lines, they are wide open, 403-974-8255. And a couple other things I'd like to chat about is our trees. And I did mention again um, last week a little bit about the elm trees. I know we, the guys wrote actually in Chestermere doing a, a big elm pruning job. So it is important if you, if you do have any elm trees in your yard, um, we kind of have a little window here um, up until I think April 1st to, to do any of that pruning on your elm trees. So if you do need any of that, um, definitely time to, to get in there and, uh, and uh, get them looked after and that is a bylaw put in place to protect them from the dutch elm disease because if you prune an elm in the summer it it releases a an odor or a, a smell that attracts the beetle that gets in there and it'll cause the um dutch elm disease so yeah you definitely want to have that looking on that okay got another question here regarding raspberries terry says i've heard conflicting reports on whether to clip back raspberry bushes in the fall or spring what what are your Um, thoughts on that yeah well that that all depends on the kind of raspberry you have so really there's two kinds out there there's one called the primo cane which are ones that you um basically clean up right to the ground every year so they come in the spring on new wood they bloom and fruit on new wood and so every year you can cut those ones down and then there's the uh, more traditional type, which bloom on the previous year's canes. So they'll grow canes one year, and then fruit and flower on them the next. So I guess the proper answer to that question is really depends on the kind of raspberries that they're growing. Yeah, and so the other ones you sort of you're taking out the the, and I've always mentioned something. You you leave the brown wood and you take out the gray wood. Take out the gray. Yeah. 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 And even if you do that, if you don't know what type you have, at least if you're doing that, um, you sort of take out the older wood. So if you, when you're looking at your 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 raspberry uh, clump, Drew, is you just uh, prune out all the gray stuff. But if you know you have, and what type was that that you take right down to the ground every year? Uh, those are the primo cane types. Yeah. Okay. If you if you know you have the primo cane, then you take those down to the ground. Every every, I guess you can do it early spring. You do it early probably, spring. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, just clean it up first thing in the spring, and uh, and there you're good to go. Because there is nothing like and uh, fresh raspberries when you're. And I always find the best ones are in back alleys for whatever reason. You just cruise it <laughs> up and down back. Not that I'm cruising up and down back alleys, okay? <laughs> but I have been knowing when we're doing that. Yeah, few raspberry nibbles uh, <clears throat> over the fence. Or, or yeah, well, it, it's great because yeah. a lot of our landscape projects, when I pop by just to check in and see how they're doing, whatever, and so I'll typically they'll be working in the backyard, whatever. So you park in the back and you're walking down a back alley, and there's raspberries <laughs> there, right, right, right in front of you. So what do you what do you do? Yeah, yeah, you have to. <laughs> yeah, is it me or that squirrel? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I appreciate it a little bit more than that guy. So. Anyways, um, yeah, and he actually had one more question. <clears throat> also, we are trying to keep our juniper tree alive. It came back a bit towards late summer, 
and I'm curious if there's anything to help it through the winter. And I'll let Terry answer that one more time. Yeah, so depending on if it's if it's in the middle of your you know, lawn and um, you know that you watered that in well in the fall, um, don't be too concerned uh, about doing too, too much for it. Um, but if it's up closer to the house um, and where the soil might be a little bit drier, just with the kind of fall we're having here, don't be afraid to uh, to give it some water, like you were mentioning at the front of the show. I was doing a little bit of work outside yesterday myself and was uh, <clears throat> considering getting the hose out to uh, to water a few things in my own yard. So, But, uh, yeah, it just all depends on how you prepped it for going into fall. If, it's, if you know it's watered well, it should be fine. Yeah, and if you do want to give it, a, like, next spring, give it a good shot of 30-10-10. They do respond quite well to that. Um, that would be great for it. And uh, like I said, the biggest thing is water didn't get in the fall here and give it a good little hose down and you should be good to go. And we're at a couple other calls that we got coming in. <clears throat> this one I want to read first because I, okay. Hello, Merle. I've been using the fog urine treatment. Or maybe it means dog urine treatment. I'm assuming, not the fog, because I, I was curious, I was a little hesitant on reading this out loud because I didn't know what I was getting into <laughs> when I was reading fog fog urine. I'm okay, like, okay, he's fogging it. Yeah. Put the put the urine in the fogger and spraying it. I'm not too sure. No, it's just a uh, uh, just a text. I'm assuming I've been using the dog urine treatment you have, but I don't find it's helping. We have two male dogs and a new lawn. I put the treatment on three times this year and started as soon as solder cells. Can you use something else with it? Yeah, I would definitely recommend and make sure each bag, and that's the only problem. Like, I, I like to get them in a bigger bag, too. It, it covers 250 square feet. So just make sure you get the right application rate, Bruce, because um, 250 square feet, it isn't a ton so depending on how big your yard is, and if it's spread out too little, it won't give it the proper thing. But if you're using that with our Green It Up lawn fertilizer, it 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 works really well. It should work really quite well. Um, yeah, he just sent me a LMN last my laugh my ah off <laughs> dog not fog. <laughs> so yeah, Bruce, I would if you use our Green Up lawn fertilizer with the high middle number. And it's really the only one out there that it has that we feed in the roots. So it helps recover really quickly from dog and and spring, things like that. It gives it a really good durable root system to be able to withstand a lot of these issues with it. So, and uh, yeah, and he says he's only applied it in the area that are going. Yeah, I just, if it's the 250 square feet, um, unless if you have two, maybe they're going a little, yeah, it should be going, may try adding the green it up. We do have one other, um, dog, maybe ensure that you're watering in there a little bit, maybe a little bit more often to help dilute it in and, and ensure you're doing the three times a year, which you said you have. So, um, we've had really good success in Brad. Our ops manager at the store, he had two big uh, labradoodles, and we have pictures of his yard, and it works really good. So he's going to stop by our, our place and have a look. So thanks for that, Bruce. Yeah, chat with somebody there, and we should be able to get you set up. 
and uh, in the spring for that. Anyways, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, again, always good intro music. Sometimes I feel like I should just let her play for a little bit and enjoy. Um, I did enjoy a concert this past week. Went to the final, final, final show of Kiss. And uh, they say that's the final farewell tour. So until they uh until they get going again then we'll see how that goes but they did put on an awesome show so lots of fun seeing uh a kiss it's something that you can go to when you're a kid until now <laughs> <laughs> it, it's amazing though so it tells you some about um that uh if you look at all the old rock bands they eh? like they're kind of how they're surviving and doing their thing and out still rocking it out so Maybe that lifestyle isn't so bad. Maybe you need to have a little <laughs> bit of that, right? So, anyways, the boys were were rocking it out pretty good and put on a great show. So, lots of fun at uh, the old Saddle Dome. Anyways, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open 403 974 8255. And Terry and I have done a poor job at coming up with how to store veggies. So, I have cast my. She's going to call in at 10.05, our guru from the Calgary Horticultural Society, and she's going to share a couple things with us as well. Um, she's going to call in at 10.05, and she's also, they have a Master Gardener event that they're going to uh, to mention as well. <coughs> so we'll, we'll chat with Kath a little bit about storing your veggies, because I think some people maybe are still, it's so nice how you could still have left your your carrots out in the ground because I know I've had callers in the past where they say they're digging up carrots right up until winter, like right up until December. So if you if you still have your big crates of potatoes and carrots and different things and you're wondering how to store them, Cass Smythe is going to uh, give us some guidance on that, Terry. I, I think with you and I, they don't make it to the storing part, Terry. Well, I was going to say, I don't... Um, don't quite get to the storage part. You know, I, I, I see about there. That volume, but yeah, yeah, that too. And but then I just, I end up, I see them all there, and I either we make something or we do something. You fry them up, or you boil a bunch of potatoes, or um, things like that. And uh, I know my wife. I had a whole bunch of chili peppers, and <laughs> before I know it, I harvest them all. I'm all sitting there. And then she had them all strung up in a wreath. Cause she's super creative. And, uh, so it didn't take Carolyn long to, uh, take my pile of peppers and turned it into a wreath. So I'm like, okay, I guess we're not eating those. They're uh, now a decoration hanging on the wall. So and they, they look pretty cool. So I will say that, but it was kind of interesting. Um, she's always, uh, anything I leave lying around either gets hung up on the wall and turned into something creative. So it's usually pretty good. Yeah. And she, uh, and uh, she made a rusty for fall. She made a rusty soup can um, wreath, and uh, it was uh, pretty cool. Terry, we did a Kim on the line, but she left us right away. She came and left. So if uh, you got cut off there, Kim, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. And the other problem we get at this time of year are the deer are i definitely see them 
cruising up into the neighborhoods now. I've seen them in our neighborhood uh, two or three times in the last couple of weeks. So a product called Bobex um, does work really well. And it's at this time of year when it's nice and warm, like a day like today or tomorrow, it's a perfect time to get out and apply your Bobex um, to your cedars, some of your evergreens, and especially apple trees. And even apple trees, if you're in a new new area where you know you have lots of rabbits and deer, um, especially the rabbits, just use wire. <laughs> like pick up some. We have we have uh, deer wire or or deer netting, or get yourself some stucco wire and pound three stakes in the ground about four or five feet out from the tree. <clears throat> because they will go at it even with the bobex. If it, if you don't if you're not diligent, kind of every couple months spraying it. Um, if you put the wire around it, it, it definitely helps. And especially if you have the deer, and that's why I recommend like pound the stakes four or five feet out from the trunk of the tree, sort of create like a triangle, and then put your deer netting around and strap it to the, the like have a five or six foot post sticking out of the ground, like those T-bar posts, or if, if you have some good wooden posts work really good to get into the ground and just to protect them because it, it, they come in and and once they tear it up especially like on the mice on the bottom so we also have you can use big o pipe or we have the tree wrap um the plastic wrap that you can put around the trunk of your tree for the for the mice and even putting some of those bait traps around the the base of your tree just to help with that because man they can just devastate a tree in no time they can get in and and just chew all the bark off, and then that investment of the tree is uh, is gone, and it'll just suffer from there on. And some of that isn't covered under your warranty with most tree nurseries because it it isn't their fault if a if an animal um, chews off all the bark on your tree and it dies. That that typically won't be covered under your your tree warranty. So <clears throat> ensure. Especially in the new neighborhoods, like there's still a lot of like rabbits and things like that. I was dropping uh, somebody off at the hockey game last night, and he was there was out in Mackenzie Town, and there was two or three. And it's funny you see the rabbits; they're bright white right now, so they're hoping for some snow because they're pretty visible right now for the bobcats and the coyotes or whatever. They're, they stick out like a sore thumb right now, so I kind of feel bad for the for the rabbits right now. They're kind of let's. Uh, <laughs> let's get some snow <laughs> is what yeah. they're saying saying Anyways. that i actually haven't seen too many rabbits around the store so i think what you're saying holds true they might be, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah the bobcats have helped us out there bobcats so. are, yeah yeah absolutely we're gonna take a quick break <clears throat> when we get back if you'd like to join us phone lines are open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on qr calgary Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we do have a caller on the line. We're going to go to Gary. Good morning, Gary. Hi, Gary. Yeah, are you here? Yeah. How can we help you? Okay. Uh, I've got about a a 50-foot spruce tree. That's about the same age. And uh, 50 years, roughly 45, 50. And it's really shedding needles this year for some strange reason. Um, <clears throat> somebody in the family is a little worried that it's ready to come down. Is it so, mainly uh, this coming out of the middle, like the, all the branch on the outside are fine? 
Yeah, all the like it's nice and green, and there's uh, yeah. like an upward it's, curl to the. It's just a natural shedding process that the spruce trees go through. Um, okay, I have three. I knew... Sorry. I have three or four fifty-foot oh. spruce on my lot right now too, and I've been um, picking up needles like crazy. I even had to get the blower out after that wind that we yeah. had last week. So that wind is good. It helps shed, right? It shakes them out, shakes all the needles out. So it seems okay. like a lot at one time because we had them all yeah, over yeah. our step and sidewalk. And yeah. But I'm not worried exactly. at all. Just, no, right now, just okay. ensure you give it a really good watering, Gary. Yeah, it's actually and, this uh, thing's been watered a lot this year. Perfect. Yeah, so. give it a, one more shot, freeze it in for winter. And yeah, yeah that's okay. just a natural shedding process. And like I said, it okay. gets amplified. Yeah, I know it always does it. It's just this year is way more. So Yeah, it just seems like it, it too. And when we had that wind... And that is sort of just the perfect timing. Like that wind yeah. just shakes it out, and all of a sudden you look down, and you're like, "Holy man!" It just seems yeah. worse yeah. than uh, than normal. But uh, once you, if you look up there, the tree's nice and green on the outside. Um, it's just, it's a bigger tree, right? There's a lot of needles on the inside of that thing. So yeah, it, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. So, so I, I think okay. you, you don't have anything to worry about. If you haven't okay. had it cleaned out though, every three or four years, it's good to do a. A spruce clean out where the guys go up, they climb up through the center of the tree and they clean it all out. They clean it all the dead branches and little okay. things like that. It makes a big difference. It opens up the airflow in that for the tree. Um, yeah. So if, if that's something, you can always have Mark come by and, and get you a, a free quote on that. And uh, and it's just, it's, it's called deadwooding. We deadwood yeah. the spruce. And, uh, and I will say we got Denny back on our crew. He went up north for a little bit. Now he's back, and uh, Deadwood Denny, and he does a great job <laughs> on our spruce trees. He loves that. He likes getting okay. up into the tree. So, anyways, um, yeah, that that's all. But I wouldn't worry, Gary. Just give it a good shot of water again, one more time, just to freeze it in, and uh, you should be good to go. Okay. Thanks very much. All right. Take care, Gary. Bye bye. Yeah. You too. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, this year it has been bad, eh, Terry? Like, it just, it it seems to be amplified. And again, like we said, we had that wind, I think, two or three days ago, whatever it was. And, man, I had needles everywhere, again, just all over the patio, blown into corners and uh, all over the steps. So it just seemed worse than, uh, it makes you makes you pay attention for sure. Yeah, it does. And it, it can be a little worrisome if, you know, um, if, if this year particularly it's it's worse than, than other years I've noticed too. Like even our pines at, at the at the store, um, yeah. they went through a heavy needle shed this year. <laughs> yeah, it's that uh, every three years sort of they get that cycle and it. Uh, they always shed a little bit every year, but it's sort of, I think it's every three or something they go yeah. through a little bit so heavier. A little more pronounced. Yeah. yeah. And it's Mother Nature's way. They sort of cycle of the needles. They get rid of their old needles. It brings on new ones, opens up the airflow. But it also dropping needles into the ground. And and that's why we always recommend trying just to leave. If you can leave a lot of the needles, I just rake them into the, like I have bark mulch underneath my spruce tree. So I just sort of rake the needles into them. And then it, it, they disappear into the mulch. And then if it, if it gets really heavy, I just throw a little bit of mulch on top. It just helps create that forest floor that the that the spruce trees really like and uh, sort of creates that perfect climate with the needles and adjusting the the pH and all that into the soil so all the needles in there are actually good for it and it makes it really prickly underneath there 
<clears throat> so bugs and things like that don't like climbing through. So it's also a defense mechanism to protect them from some of those bugs that like to climb up into the spruce tree. We're going to take a break for the news. And when we get back, Cass Mice going to tell us how to store our carrots. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines will be open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we got you covered with a little bit of veggie advice at the end of the season. We're probably a little bit late, but hey, maybe people still have a little bit stored, and they're wondering if they got it stored properly. So we got Cass Smythe from the Calgary Hort Society helping us out with that. So when we touched on it, so storing like potatoes, does that go like with parsnips and and all like garlic, things like that as well, Kath? Uh, definitely parsnips need the same sort of treatment as a carrot. Okay. I'm, I'm a big fan though of, of parsnips that have been through a f- couple of frosts. Yeah. And I really enjoy them in the in, at Christmas, so I will leave them in the ground as long as I can get my spades still in it and pull them out that way. But they like a cool environment, just like a potato and a carrot. Okay, and this is the perfect weather if you want to sow some spinach for next early early spring spinach. Yeah, like this weather we're having. If you want to get out, I might I might try to do that. I got a couple of raised beds. I, I have some chard that's already I I sowed it about two weeks ago and it's sprouting already okay and i did some leaf lettuce that i thought wouldn't germinate for till next year and it's sprouting and coming up Uh oh so will that be okay will you just leave it do you think the seed will just i i leave it because it seems to do really really well awesome i i actually there's a few things now that at this time of year i like to plant just to see and my kale the mighty kale yeah. <laughs> has um I seeded some in August it came up and it was beautiful in September but it's gone through all the snow and the cold weather and it's still producing. So I I there's still a way to extend our seasons and keep on going. No, absolutely. Yeah. So and, and you want to mention uh we got a little bit of a couple minutes here Kath you wanted to mention um some stuff that's going on at the Hort Society. Well, at the Hort Society, we have some classes coming up this this week and next week, and um, there are things like seasonal, but on Tuesday night, I'm doing an over-the-garden fence, which is essentially a conversation with someone in the garden industry, and this week's guest is Glenn from uh, Bluegrass Garden Center, and we're going to talk oh, nice. about what he's doing there, and there is a class over at... Um, garden retreat with laura and it's neat she's making a recycled star out of the cuttings from her from her product that she has left over from arrangements but the biggest thing is that on next saturday the 25th the master gardener association of alberta is having a symposium and it's their get you into fall and winter with some really interesting subjects to think about and they have a gal coming who is an entomologist and she's locally based and she has some really great, Tareem has some great information on insects 
and they have a really interesting environmental speaker coming who does a lot of work with rewilding. So it will be an interesting symposium, and it's tickets are available on Eventbrite, and it's Master Gardener Association of Alberta, but you can pick it up with the, just the, the initials MGAA on Eventbrite. Okay, and do you have a link on the, if, if people know to go yes, to the Calgary Hort Society? we have Hort a link Society. on calhort.org. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, Kath, for joining me and Terry here on, on a Sunday morning, and uh, good luck to all your stuff going on over the next couple of weeks, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take Thank care. Thank you. Thanks, Merle. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Always great to chat with Kath. Um, she has a lot of knowledge in there and uh, still so. going good <laughs> with the Hort Society. And it's good to see they it, – it's sad but good, I guess, progress. The old Hort Society, I see they tore it down. And after the, they have moved over just off of Crowchild and 33rd on the, on the beside the golf course there. Um, so it's good to see they have their new home. But the old house uh, got torn down and all that, so it always had some charm. You going in there, so it was pretty crammed and stuff. But yeah, it still had a little bit of charm going into the into the old Hort Society. So, anyway, sad to see it go, but uh, good to see them in their new spot, and I think they're flourishing quite well um, down in that area. Do you uh, do you do any winter sowing at all, Terry? Uh, I don't. No, um, the only winter sowing I've done is um, in the, the milk jugs and sort of that January, February, March period. Oh, okay. So, um, but no, I haven't directly sowed in the garden um, <clears throat> any of the charged leaf lettuce or spinach, that kind of thing. So, Yeah, right now is a great time to do that. So I think I'm going to, I think I have a bunch of spinach seed and stuff left over from spring. I'm, uh, I'm going to go out there today, I think, and uh, plant some spinach, plant a few things. And uh, it always looks good. I've had, I just have always good memories. People, listeners, sending me in pictures of the Swiss chard coming up from the in the snow, and I can just imagine how good that tastes because it'll be nice and cool, crisp, and uh, and probably just full of flavor. So I'm gonna try and do that. The only problem is spinach. You have to grow so much of it, right? To especially if you steam it, it's good in a salad. It lasts. Right. It, you get more out of it, but anytime you spin it. Yeah, you buy you that big bag of it. To yeah, you, you buy that big bag of spinach, and then by the time you steam it, it's down to one little plateful. You think, okay, I guess I didn't make any for you guys. I guess this is all for me. Because honestly, I, I could almost eat one of those big bags in like two sittings. It, it, it's once you steam it and put a little bit of butter and vinegar on there, it's it's done. So, uh, anyways. And I guess there's wor worse things to eat a plate full of, Terry, than That's spinach. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, let's. Uh, I'm going to take a quick look here. I'm on the text board. I have two orchids. There is some kind of pest on them. The leaves have what looks like water drops on the edges. What is that? And will the plants die? Please respond by text. Um, I'm going to ask if she can t send a couple pictures because um, that would be much easier because that I don't really know what that is and uh, and it sort of looks sounds like it's sweating which orchids will do which isn't um, isn't isn't necessarily a bad thing so if it just looks like water droplets um, I'd like to sort of have another look at that and so we can diagnose it. 
a little bit easier. And anyways, I'm going to take, I shouldn't say anyways so much. Today I've been saying anyways, and I'm going to stop. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. Um, after the break, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. To Let's Talk Gardening, I'm Earl Coombs. And I did get a follow-up text on that orchid. It says, hi, Merle. I had the same issue, sticky drops, and even on the surrounding area, and he did a bit of research, and they call it happy sap. And that's what I thought. They kind of sweat out, and it's it's just a good thing, and it attracts. Um, it's typically when trees do that, it's... <clears throat> It's um, sort of a sugary substance. So a lot of times spruce trees, you'll see little crystals on the end, bristlecone pines and aspens in the heat of the summer. They'll sweat out sugar out of the leaves. And that way, and that's when you see um, wasps all over your columnar aspens and things like that. So f- regarding the orchid, I, I just think it's a, uh, it's just sort of a, like they call it a happy sap, just sweating out a bit of sugar, and it's a normal um, process that they go through. Because quite a few trees do that, eh, Terry? Yeah, they do, yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyways, um, any and if you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255, and you can give us a shout, and got a call or actually a text this for Gord it says two commercials are running simultaneously and it has been doing so for nearly 10 minutes so I guess we're running double commercials so (laughs) we had a little glitch in the in the spectrum going on right now here um Terry so as as we go into this time of season I know we're we're looking at um bringing in a bunch of trees but really the focus on trees has been taller narrower trees like kind of in the 15 20 foot range 10 feet wide and they just work in the old and new areas where you have the big trees that are already in an older area and you're looking just to add a new one and then it also works when you go into a new area and it it just works perfectly to fit into into the yard. So, um, any any new trees or ones that you're you're happy to see a little bit more availability of coming up for the upcoming season? I know I've seen your head in the book a fair bit um, the last little while. So, what what are you excited about? <clears throat> yeah, those type of trees that that fit that sort of narrower spaces are becoming they're the the most popular that we get asked for. So people are like, uh, I don't have a lot of room, but I want to put a couple of trees in my yard. So, um, and I mean, our industry has responded really well um, with some great, um, some great trees for that application. Um, the, we kind of go on a fair bit about the, the ornamental crab apples. Um, but um, the, the, uh, the gladiators, um, yeah. are are probably our number one selling tree, but for good reason. Um, and I, I urge people, you know, sometimes mention that word crab apple, people kind of cringe a little bit because they envision their, you know, their grandma's crab apple where the ground <laughs> is just covered and it's just a mess. 
uh, with crab apples. But these ornamental ones, the crab apples hang onto the tree um, throughout the winter, so there's very little to no mess. But they have such just a um, great shape in terms of, you know, that that eight to ten foot width, and then you know that 15, 16 feet tall. So they're twice as tall as they are wide. So they have that columnar habit, but they don't, you know, they don't stretch out to you know the, nearly the the heights that the Swedish columnar aspen do. So they just fit in so well. Um, so in that family, there's the um, this courageous uh, gladiator. Um, the uh, spring snow is yeah. quite popular too. It's a, it's a great one, same type of, of growth habit. Um, we have one at the store um, just as you're leaving uh, the entrance there on the right-hand side. It's a, it's a hackberry. Um, we get a lot of questions about that one too. Um, so that's uh, columnar hackberry. So it looks kind of like a Swedish aspen. doesn't have nearly the height though. Yeah, a lot slower growing. That thing doesn't yeah. move. Like we get like uh, probably six inches. It must be a really hardwood, um, but it gets maybe six inches of growth a year and uh, pretty tight, but it's kind of, yeah. you know, every spring I think it's dead. And then all of a sudden you look yeah. over and it's fully leafed <laughs> out. Like it is yeah. like, you look up, the list looks like it's dried out old stick. And then all of a sudden, boop, it's fully leafed there out goes, right to the yeah. top. Yeah, that's perfect. And another one that's really come into play is that there's a, a few upright um, juniper, or not upright junipers, upright oak, um, some columnar oak that seem to be doing fairly well in our areas. And again, slow growing, slow but growing. they make those great accent things a little mm -hmm. bit closer to the house where you don't have to worry about it taking over. And, and you just want a little bit of height just to, to match in there so yeah like the regal prince oak is a it's a good one does well yeah. here and it's quite a really sharp looking tree for sure yeah and it always it always slips my mind that oh yeah there it is it just came back in the purple spire is one again gets one to two feet wide gets like 10 feet 12 feet high um beautiful pink flowers or the green wall the green wall the white say, flowers good one yeah yeah, both of those. These are great small yard trees that you, if you want to put a little closer to the house, they just give you those accents. They give you that pillar effect. But they're great to build a landscape around. You put three of them in a triangle or in a row along a driveway, things like that. They just they work perfect in our area. So anyways, it's uh there is there is quite a few trees um coming on and I know you uh you're, you've been studying the availabilities for 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 a fair bit, uh, on and bringing in new varieties um, for us as well. We're going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join us, um, phone lines are wide open. Um, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Merle Coombs are here with Terry Kemper, and the phone lines are full up right now. So as they go, if you want to squeeze in, we might be able to get a couple more calls after this. But let's go to the phone line. We're going to go to Dennis. Good morning, Dennis. Hi. How are you doing today? Doing great. How can we help you? So I have some raspberry plants that are in a raised um, planter. They're just behind my garage and on the... Um, it would be on the east side of the garage. They get all the sunlight. 
I'm just wondering for wintering, um, is any tips or um, like should I put any straw or any leaves or anything to help for bedding them? Yeah, or is it is it raised bed still attached to the ground or a raised bed like totally out of the ground? Well, it's no, it's it, it's two by twelves that are sitting right level with the ground. And okay, so it's it's still in the ground, so that that's good. That helps stay frozen. Um, well, that's the biggest but thing. They are Sorry, raised up though; they're twelve inches up. Yeah, or ten. But half. so yeah, absolutely. If you have some mulch or any kind of leaves or something. And days like this, um, it, it's still great to, if you can get out and give it one more watering, give it a good soaking in before it freezes in, <clears throat> that will make a big difference for you. Dennis as well. But yeah, if you want to cover it up with some leaves after or bark mulch, something like that, absolutely, that would be, it'd be great for it. And, uh, and you should be good. And then you can also just do that pruning in the spring, prune out any of the gray um, branches and then thin it out that way for yourself. And uh, this area gets a lot of snow because the snow blows off from perfect. the uh, garage. So yeah, that won't hurt it if it's uh, no, like no, that's perfect for it. Just yeah, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Okay, it sounds uh, like you right. should have some nice raspberries happening in the in next summer there, Dennis. So good job. Yeah, well, this is the first year in, and I got some, but I'm hoping to get more next year. Yeah, no. So that you know, it sounds like you have it in a perfect spot. That drifting snow, it'll, it'll that'll be great for it. It'll produce lots of moisture um, for you, and then have that when it leaves out. And that's the thing when you start with newly planted things. And if we happen to not have snow near the end of the spring, just ensure that you give it really good watering when it's going to leaf out and get growing more roots again in the spring. So. Ensure they give it good watering in the fall and then again in the spring when things are starting to grow. Well, I'll give her some good watering right around right now then. Uh, okay, yeah. thanks for the tip. All right, thanks, Dennis. Sounds good. Goodbye. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's a, it sounds like a perfect spot, hey, Terry? Yeah, it sounds great. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And uh, got a couple uh, little wishes from Wendy. She calls in and uh, texts us quite a bit. She was just having trouble getting through. And she just says, happy birthday to Mark, and says, hi to Terry. So there you go. And she recommends <laughs> in, in between blooming um, is to, to rest and not to fertilize at that time. So that's, or while it's blooming, sorry, is, is, is what she does, which makes sense. You don't want to rush it through. If you get to the blooming stage, you don't, with any of your plants, a lot of them, except for the summer annuals and things like that. But some of those seasonal plants, once you get them into the blooming state, you don't want to force them along too much more. Once they're in there, <laughs> let them do their thing, and they're good to go. But let's go to the phone line. We're going to go to Riva. Good morning, Riva. <laughs> How are you doing, dude? Long time, no talk. I know. I know you just oh. you keep getting Brian has you working in the back and and you and he's always calling in so it's good we get to hear from you. I know my dig. How, how you doing? <laughs> really good, dear. You sound good, good. great and everything. I just wanted to make a comment. I don't have a question per se. Just that how you have helped us through these last ten years and our you should see Billy Acres like from the ship the stuff that we've learned from you guys yeah i haven't been out there for a couple of years so i'd have to, i'll have to come out next spring for a tour oh 
it'd be lovely. It is so amazing. From, you know, Friday, platin, onion bulbs upside down, or half-dead birch tree that is given <laughs> her now, yeah. to that you train your staff there and send them on seminars. That yeah. is so awesome. Because for what I do for a living, uh, with the legal and all the different things that are always changing, um, you have to be up to date. Absolutely, and, and train you your don't staff. Miss other garden centers. It is so lovely because we all live all over the place, right? And yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm a big supporter of independent garden centers, and that's we're in it too. together. And uh, and sometimes you might pay a little bit more than if you see something at a Wally Mart once in a while, but you're not exactly. going to get the advice or the knowledge exactly. um, that goes with it. So when you are shopping at a garden center, you also got to like we pay our staff a little more, and they. They get the training and things like that 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 you're going to get um, from going to an independent yeah. garden center. So, it yeah, is absolutely, so you guys for, for your staff to learn and you know and grow in their profession and for the customers. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we do. We love sharing. So, thanks, Reva. I appreciate it. the call. Thanks love for the call. You have a great weekend. Go yeah, Lawrence. absolutely. Take care. I <laughs> go bombers. There you go. Nice. Take care. <laughs> All right. Always fun. Reva and Brian out there at uh, Belly Acres. Um, yeah, they've they've been coming in the garden center for a couple of years, uh, about 10 years now, I guess. And uh, always good to hear from them. We're going to take a quick break. And we do have a couple more callers on the line that we'll go through. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs is going to go right to the phone lines, and we got Deb on the line. Good morning, Deb. Just have a, I have a question about ornamental trees. I've planted an ornamental crab and the new urban May Day, and I'm just wondering with all this warm weather, do I need to be watering them in more, or what's the best way to ensure they survive the winter? Yeah, I, I, I would definitely be watering them in still. Um, we mentioned a few times, just especially newly planted trees, because the root ball sitting in there and even existing. We, the problem in Calgary is that our, is a winter desiccation is probably the biggest killer of our trees. So watering them in good right up until freeze up, which we really haven't had yet, is uh, very important just to get them frozen in, and then they can stay uh, frozen for the winter and and have some moisture first thing in the spring. Perfect. So, like, kind of once a week until maybe more. Yeah, often until freeze up. That would be perfect. Up. Okay. Yep. Excellent. Thank you very much. All right. Take care, Deb. Bye bye. All right. And we got, we're going to go to Daryl. Good morning, Daryl. Good morning. Good morning. I love your program. Thanks. Um, Thanks I have a question in regards to my uh, Mandeville. They, okay. All the runners. That, yep. you know the long runners that they get seem to be having aphids on them have you got something that uh, would control yeah, we them do. or we should a... I be cutting all those runners off yeah it doesn't hurt to cut them off because at this time of year they'll get a little bit longer and spindly uh-huh. um, with not as much light so you can trim them off um, but yeah the aphids love going after the new growth so mm-hmm. that's kind of they like that soft new tender growth mm-hmm. so I would just use um, either Pure Spray Green or we have a product called Bug X. Um, Bug X. Works great. Or we have a couple um, 
kills product in an aerosol, depending on how you have it in your house, if you're yeah, able to I spray. Yeah, I have them in an east window. Okay. Yeah, and, so and, you and can... And they just go wild. They, 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 they've just done wonderful, and they're all in bloom. Yeah, nice. Are they the red ones, or...? I have pink ones and red ones. Perfect. Yeah, no. Do you put them outside in the summer, or do you leave them as a house Oh, plant? no, no. I, I put them out in the summer. Yeah, nice. No, that's great. Yeah, no, this time of year you're going to get aphids. They love that uh, soft new growth, so that's what they like to go after. Okay, I'll stop by and pick something up. Thank you so right. much. Thanks, Daryl. Take care. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right, and we got one more caller here. We're going to go to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning. How are you? Doing great. How can we help you? I just had a question for you about chives. Um, okay. I know some people find them really easy to grow, but I always uh, kind of struggle with them. Um, this year I have, uh, um, or this past summer, I had some really, really nice uh, bunches growing in a uh, raised bed garden. And uh, I just wanted to see if there's any way, like, I can, uh, you know, bring them in, like, if they're, they'll transition to growing inside over the winter, or is it just best to leave them and uh, let them come back uh, next year? I think you could do a little bit of both. Terry, what's your thoughts on growing chives? Yeah, I was going to say try it and see. Do a little bit of both. Uh, if you've got a good-sized clump there, um, obviously leave some outside, but um, try it and see. Bring bring a part of a clump in and see what it'll do for you. They separate pretty easy, uh, Mike, is sort of what he's saying. So if you want to just – Yeah, they're um, – You can break it apart and uh, – and because they do winter usually really great, and they're usually one of the first things to pop up through the snow. So, uh huh, yeah. So they are they are really tough. Oh, and they do they do come apart pretty easy. So if you were just pop a shovel under the corner of it, you'd be able to tease out a good a good sized clump to bring inside and leave the rest out in the yard and just try it and see. And inside, like. Should I put them under artificial lights or just uh, just natural sunlight? Or do you have uh, do you have good uh, good sunlight uh, inside, like east east and south yes. facing windows? Yeah, yeah. I would probably just try them uh, in a good east facing window um, and uh, pot them up in uh, in some new soil. Oh, okay. Okay, sounds good. I will give that a try. Appreciate yeah, and there's advice. nothing like nothing like fresh chives on the old potatoes and things like that in the when you're out barbecuing. So, yeah. Okay. All well, right. Thank Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All right. Bye bye. All right, and we got a couple more texts here too, and one one lady wants us to remind people to water their columnar. Um, aspens and stuff so the roots don't go searching all over the neighbors yeah the, the when those big aspens and it's normally the, the and unfortunately the tower poplars which again we don't we bring very few in a eh, terry we try to stick with the columnar aspen, the, just columnar aspen yeah. the, the tower poplars are a bit of a crazy tree like they get they grow quick but i i really wouldn't want to set them into people's houses in residential areas because and again, a lot of times you'll see them at some of the box stores where they'll bring them in the spring and sell them really cheap. And they're called, and they're called tower poplar, and they're representative of the of the aspen. But the aspen typically you won't get as many suckers as you do from the from the tower poplars because they, towers, yeah. they get, 
yeah, they get way more wonky too and and the root system is really aggressive so again we try and really we i, I don't unless they get sent to us by accident or or sometimes miss misshipped we really try to stay away stay away from them anyways it was great to finally get some callers. I'm not sure what was going on. Uh, I think we had a couple of tech issues earlier on. Um, but we will be back next week and and for one more week. And then on December 4th, I think is the Sunday, we're going to have the bird lady in. So we're going to talk some birds with Myrna. But next week, Terry and I will be back. We'll get our garden on right here on QR Calgary.